something wrong with my teenager? <laughs> That's the topic of this episode. Is there something wrong with my teenager? Or preteen. Or preteen. Is there something just, wrong with my junior high or whatever age it is? Because it could be a preteen. It could be, I mean, even the fact that, I don't know if nine-year-old is, is preteen yet. But <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Depending, depending on development, is there something wrong with them or what should I expect? I don't know. Is there something wrong with them? Because I feel like... I feel like my kids, this is not me speaking, this is for a parent, but my kids seem to be drawn away from me. They think I'm weird. Um, my kids are anxious about everything. They're they're trying to, I don't, what's wrong with them? Well, I'm going to tell you, I have uh, worked with children all the way from preschool up through college. So I've taught high school, I've taught elementary, I've been around the block a few times. And uh, what ends up happening is, Children get to about sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade. All of a sudden, pleasing the adults isn't as important as pleasing their friends. What age is that? I, <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on the kid, right? Depends on the and, kid. But, and probably their environment as well. Yeah, I would say so. But as a whole, as they're going through the grade levels, it's interesting to see that change. We see a drop in the test scores usually about that that same period of mm. fifth sixth grade all of a sudden things start to change and it's like well what's happening puberty. what's going on <laughs> puberty number one and the kids really are going from wanting to please the adults to being more influenced by their friends and wanting to fit in and please their friends and this is normal it's normal and I, and I, I um, have seen it so much in my profession and experience, and I know it comes up a lot of times in conversations with parents. Like, what's wrong with my kid? What's happening? All of a sudden, they don't want to talk to me anymore. They're going to their room. They're withdrawing. Something must be wrong. Uh. It's normal. Now, of course, there are some warning signs, and we don't want to ignore those. Right, I was thinking that, right. Right. We don't want to ignore those, but we also need to give our kids that space to be okay with having their own. They don't necessarily want to or need to share everything with us. And guess what? They're not going to. Right. And I don't think that I really want them to. <laughs> well, you probably don't. When I was raising my own kids, one of the things that was important to me is if they didn't feel comfortable talking to me because I knew that they were going to get to that stage, mm-hmm. especially with my oldest when all of a sudden he was taking longer showers and uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, worrying about like his hair and how he looked and things like that. My my goal at that time was they may not want to talk to me because I'm mom. And no matter how cool you think you are or how cool you think you were back in the day, you're not cool to your kids. And that's not really your job to be cool. That's not your job job to be cool. Your job is to be a parent. (laughs) But I wanted them to know that there was someone they could talk to. You know what I call that? I don't know if we talked about this before, but I call it a soap, a significant other adult person in your life. That, 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 you know, I've been that for kids. Like, I've been that significant other adult person that they could talk to. And their, inquir- their agreement was, hey, you can talk about anything, but if it gets to a point to something, I think that, like, it is way, we need to talk to your parents about it. And we'll do it together. But their parents knew, too. Every time your kid tells me something, I'm not going to run and tell you. It's right. not like this idea that we're not playing telephone here. 
this is where they may not feel comfortable talking to you about something because you're mom and your mom, you're a single parent mom. This boy don't want to talk about that with a mom because right? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. weird, it's awkward. And you, and you trust me enough to be able to talk to him about those things. And I think that's very important. So your son had a significant other adult person. Well, they life. all did. And I think at first it was my niece. They were very close to their cousin. And so I just told her, um, you know what? I want you to be that person for them. You don't have to tell me everything. Again, if it's something serious, I right. I trust you. I know you, you will, but they need to have that. They're going to have questions. They're going to have questions about sex. They're going to have questions about, you know, life, what's going on in our world. They're going to have questions and we want them to get direction. And if it can't be from mom and dad, because we want them to come to us, but they're not always going to. So help them find that soap. As you say, help them. You can you can guide them towards someone that you know is going to be safe for right. them. We in schools, we always want them to feel comfortable with an adult on campus. Come mm-hmm. to an adult. Come to an adult. But I think if if you know that there's someone that is in your family or uh, a neighbor, you know, through church, whatever it is, like you said, you've been soap for a lot of different kids. Um, at least you know that they have that person. Right. Don't just don't just trust they're going to find that person on their own always. Yes, and cause that you need to know that person. You need to trust that person as the parent and have a communication. There's been times where with one kid that you know she was making some choices that were way above where I thought, hey, your parents need to be involved with this. So here's the ultimatum. Here's the agreement. You tell your parents, or I will tell your parents, or we can go tell them together. Mm-hmm. And we ended up telling them together because she did. She didn't have the, she wasn't the bold enough. She was afraid. But you're at a point now where no, this is not your parents need to be involved with this, and I think that's important. So it is important for you as a parent to know who that person you can trust that person to because the stuff may not get back to you if it's something like oh she's got a crush on this kid or whatever, and you know may not want to talk to mom about it. But hey, let's talk to somebody about it. Exactly. At least that way you also know that they're getting. Um, direction that's similar to what you would be providing if they did come to you. But that's something that I think is is important because parents, your teenagers are going to rebel in some way. And again, that's part of them getting their independence. It's part of them learning who they are. And it doesn't have to be rebel like turning to bad choices in their lives or whatnot, but they may choose not to share everything with you. They may get quiet. I have a story uh, not too long ago, and um, the student wasn't doing very well in school, and the parent was concerned and uh, suspected that the girl was depressed. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say she was or wasn't. But when we actually sat down and started talking about what the parent was seeing, it was very normal. Hmm. girls girls and moms butt heads <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's part of what is meant to be it's part of life for uh girls to grow and be women and and get ready to leave the home now as we talked about as you when you first mentioned they they go in their room they're more isolated at times and and I think part of it's on their personality, like a, as a kid, I didn't want to be in my room. That's the last place I wanted to be. My sister, she was always in her room. She wasn't doing anything wrong, but she just wanted to be in a room by herself. But I don't know what she was doing. What could you do in a small room that much? You know, just different makeups, right? But I think we don't want to miss on uh, 
signs of other things, drug use, things like that. So maybe you can speak to this. But my first thought was, how do you keep the lines of communication open so you can say, hey, you want this time to your own, understand that, but we need to talk or check in X, Y, Z. I don't know. Is there a way for parents to feel more comfortable with their child pulling away, developing them to themselves, and you still know, you're still confident that it's not drugs, it's not sex, it's not something like that. Is there a way for them to keep those communication lines open? I I don't profess to have all the answers. Right. Um, I think it's know their friends, know what they're doing, um, keep them busy, involved in something, okay. um, not too much. Because I see, and I was guilty of this as a young parent of getting my kids involved in everything. Right. You know, they were involved in scouts and they were involved in sports and they were involved in dance and gymnastics, etc. And to the point where they get exhausted and they don't have time to just be, just relax and be down. It's called downtime, right? We need some downtime. We all need that. So, um, they don't have time to be kids. They don't have time to be kids, but you know what? Just be involved, be there for them. Right. Um, and ask pertinent questions without being too nosy. Let them know you're there. It's okay. Talk to them about things that's going on in your and world you too. Just, you just said some, those are two great points. I think sometimes parents, because we start to notice them drawn away, we think something's wrong with them and we drill them. Not just simply ask questions, mm-hmm. not communicate with them or we lecture them. Stop being in your room. Stop, you know, they're doing something that makes us feel uncomfortable and we don't tell them why. We don't explain. We don't have a chance to have a conversation because we are parents. We sometimes want to lecture. We want to solve the problem. You shouldn't be in there. Something's wrong with you. Right. Versus having a conversation, open ended questions and just, you know, going into their world. Let them come into your world. Try to understand where they're coming from versus just something's wrong. I got to fix it because we're so busy sometimes, too. And they just become another problem to solve. Well, and you just said something about that that just really struck with me. What's wrong with you? I hear that a lot. Mm. What's wrong with you? With parents talking to their kids. What message does that send? There's something right wrong away. With you. <laughs> that's a negative that right. the kid starts to think, what something's wrong with me. Maybe I am weird. Maybe something is going on with me. Right. Don't forget too, we're in this uh, social media age, whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. I can tell you social media has been the death of my job because a lot of what I deal with happens on social media nowadays, Mm -hmm. as far as discipline, et cetera. The kids are seeing this illusion of what's perfect, this illusion of what they should be. And if that's not them, they feel something's wrong with them. And then if they hear those messages from their parents, what's wrong with you? You're yeah. not talking to me anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going in your room. You're you're withdrawing. You're what's wrong with you? Constantly, we're sending those messages to our kids, not intentionally, but very subliminally. Those kids are in in internalizing that something's wrong with me. I'm not quote unquote normal. Yeah, instead of just asking the question you want to ask, it's easier to make that broad brush. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. What's the matter with you? Versus. Hey, I see you're in your room more often. Um, is there a reason why that you're in your room more often? Are you, I mean, and even maybe going into the room. I, I don't know. I, again, I think, and I love what you said. I don't have all the answers. None of us do, but we have to start trying to figure some things out. And I think asking better questions is a great way to do that. I agree. Asking better questions, not just how was your day? 
Because right. I can guarantee you the kids are going to say, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn in school today? Nothing. Nothing. That's why I go back tomorrow. <laughs> that was a joke. I just I have this joke <laughs> app for, for on, on my phone. I was just showing the kids a bunch of jokes when I was like, hey, what did you learn in school today? Apparently not enough. I got to go back tomorrow. <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, open-ended questions, better questions, I think, leads to better communication overall. Yeah. How are you feeling today? How, how you know, looking at giving different types of things um, as far as just looking at those mindful moment type questions. Mm -hmm. And I know that's become a catchphrase now, Um, but giving them, you know, more, I guess, in depth questions to really talk about. And you know what? I'll tell you something for sure. Junior high kids want to be treated more as equals. Don't talk down to them. Right. When you talk down to them, you have shut the door right there. Now, are they ready for all the questions of the world? Of course not. But you can start talking about things, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's one thing. I that's one reason I think I relate well when I go and speak and work with schools is because I treat them like people. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't not treat you like a kid. I'm not talking down. I'm talking about real issues. I'm not going to talk to you as if you're an adult to pay bills. <laughs> right. But I'm going to treat you as a person, as a human being, and talk to you. And I think. You mentioned about asking better questions. I think something we do at the dinner table, and I think dinner is a whole nother story. Maybe you've done some research on eating dinner with your kids right. and how important it is. But we try to play games at dinner like highs and lows. What's your high? Give me two highs a day, one low for the day. Um, and then, like, I remember a couple of times Sophia didn't have anything, so I started making stuff up. So I guess I know what happened there at school. Olivia had a, a unicorn that came and she came, came to recess and everybody wanted to ride. She didn't let one person ride. And it's like, no, daddy, no. So and right. it was just fun. But get to know them and figure out how to get them to open up. And then one of the best ways I think to get them to open up is put the cell phones away, put the devices away. And, and I think it's so funny. I was talking to a neighbor. He said he had problems with both of his daughters. One is out of high school now and one is in middle school with their devices. And when he took the devices away, when they got home, they couldn't have them after like maybe 4.30 on the rest of the night. They'd come out of their rooms. They would have conversations. They hated it at first. They were mad. Oh, of course. Right. But once they did it, like you talked about in a previous episode, boundaries are so important. We set those boundaries. They need those boundaries and they respect them. Mm-hmm. And so I think doing that and asking better questions the way we can communicate when they start going through these phases and not accusing them of being awkward. <laughs> right. Because they're going to be awkward. They're, they're, I always tell the students and the parents this too. Right now, I'm a principal at a middle school. I never thought I would want to work in a middle school. I had taught the little guys. I had taught the high schoolers. I thought middle school, eh, I'm going to avoid that one. <laughs> until I until I uh, was a assistant principal at a middle school, and I've been at middle school pretty much ever since. And uh, it's called middle for a reason, mm. okay? It's yeah. called middle for a reason. They're not elementary anymore. They're not those little kids, and they don't want to be. But they're not quite there yet but for they, high school. But they struggle because I think middle schoolers and college students are similar in this way. They want to be treated older, but then they revert back to the, mm-hmm. you know, when the challenges come, they tend to revert back to being a child, but then they want to be, you know, older. So. But they have opinions, and they have valid opinions, right. and they have valid ideas, and it's recognizing those, not shutting them down. Just because you're the parent and you know better, listen. And I think it's, it's so important how you listen to. I give you a story. And I, 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 I was working at the middle school and I showed up. I was going every month. I showed up on campus. Um, it was I did a couple small classrooms and I always hang out at lunchtime so I can talk to kids and hang out. Right. Well, I was in the office and the secretary said, hey, 
Um, this young lady called home to talk to her mom because she wants to talk to you. Her mom is wanting her to go talk to a, a therapist, a counselor, but she doesn't want to go. She wants to talk to you. Mom gave permission. So went out to the playground. We had a talk. And we began to talk about her problems. She was saying, I think my dad loves my brothers more than me. And I said, listen, I'm going to listen. I want to hear what you have to say. But I want you to give me give yourself space that you know you could be wrong. But I want to hear everything you got to say. I want to hear everything you want to say. Because sometimes if we let, we, we, A, don't let them talk. And if they talk, we begin to correct them mm-hmm. while they're expressing themselves. And that's a problem. Let them talk. Let them say it. But also help them understand, too, just because you say it and feel that way doesn't mean it's true. I want to hear what you have to say. But I want you to also have room that your feelings could be wrong. And it was so good because in that moment, I, when I said that to her, she opened up, told me how she felt about all these things. And so I was able to ask some questions now because I'm not saying you're wrong. But here's some things to think about. And it would be hard for me as a parent to hear that if my daughter says, I think you love my bro- you know, you love Evan more than me. And she starts telling stuff. And I would be tendency to go, well, no, no, you know, right. versus stepping back and listening to how she feels to hear her heart. Because once they feel heard, that is part of the problem right there. Well, and I was just going to say, if you listen and let them talk. And maybe ask some questions as you're going, like you said, instead of jumping in, trying to fix it or trying to correct them or telling them they're wrong or telling them they're not normal, right? Why would you think that? Start coming with that negative. Now you've opened the door to build that trust with them and they'll come to you more. Right, right. And that's a huge piece. Realize they're not always going to come to you. Have them find someone or know someone that you actually are involved with is, is a key too, like we said, mm-hmm. that they can go and talk to. But give them that space to be who they are. Listen when they do want to talk to you. Because I do know a lot of times when they want to talk to us, we're busy. Yep. <laughs> and so we shut them down because we're busy. Right. Maybe you're making dinner and they're talking and you're going, uh-huh, 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 and not really listening. Yeah, those active listening skills, right? Oh, Look my gosh, right. Mm-hmm. Just stop a minute. Take time because, you know, as I said earlier, believe it was in this podcast, we've been talking for a while, <laughs> is you're going to miss it. You're going to miss those times. Right, yeah. And you're going to look back and say, wow. Because it's funny, when they're so young, they'll talk to you about anything and nothing at the same time. Like, they will just blah, 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 talk all day, and you roll your eyes, you want to do something else, but then now they start to pull away because mm-hmm. they thought that you weren't listening in the first place. And, and I want to go back to this thing, too. Um, because And the reason I think it's important that you have to establish some point, because with your kids talking to all of their peers and they talk about all the stuff all the time, they think they're right all the time. Not only that, if they're watching shows, TV shows, a lot of these TV shows for teenagers pit the parents as the dummies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially the, the dad. The, the adults, adults, the adults uh, don't the adults know anything. Are, yeah. The kids are running the, the world. The teachers as well. Yeah. Every, the teachers no one are knows always... nothing but this group of kids. Um, and so I think it's important to listen to them and not jump down their throats, but Teach them how to critically think mm-hmm. because sometimes we don't give them chance to think because if we get, ask better questions. They will understand that thought pattern and the way their friends are thinking is ludicrous. Like, But if you tell them that they're going to hold on to it. Absolutely. But if you help them discover what I remember talking to, I don't know how I did it, but we're talking about smoking cigarettes and he was trying to convince me that it was right. And I, and I start asking questions. I wasn't trying to prove him was wrong. Asking questions. End of a conversation goes, 
how'd you do that? Oh, cute. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just asked you some questions some, and taking things to a logical conclusion. If you do this, if you think this is right, what would happen next? What would happen next? So I don't, I don't again, claim to have all the answers, but helping them to think things through. Because at the end of the day, as we talked about in the first podcast, we want to develop them, help them to think for themselves and grow and even make some decisions for themselves so they can learn. And remember that developmentally where they're at, middle schoolers' brains are still developing, mm-hmm. right? They don't think so. <laughs> well, they don't think so, but they're very impulsive, very right. impulsive. And again, they're more worried about what their friends think than or their peers than what the adults think. And that's normal. So giving them the space to do that. They are going to come back and be know-it-alls, and you know nothing. Yeah. You know nothing until they're about 24, and then maybe <laughs> they start thinking like, oh, maybe you did know something. Or, or until they start having kids, and they're like, hey, yeah, what goes around now comes I, around. Now I get it, exactly. But that's also normal, hmm. and I just want parents to realize what your kids are doing is normal. We just don't want them to get to the point where they're going to isolate or self-harm or any Mm -hmm. of that, but also give them space to just be who they are. It's normal. They're learning who they are. It's their journey. And and don't, don't squelch that. Don't squelch it just because maybe they're not doing things the way we think they should or even the way we did it. Well, did we do it all right? No, we don't remember. We we, we have amnesia. <laughs> we forget that remember, we went through these stages too, right? I remember a lot of mistakes. Hey, this is a great story, and maybe this is one that we end with, talking about my own kids. My mom, God bless her soul, she was a pretty feisty, feisty lady, and I was not the easiest, and I was kind of moody as a kid, and she said to me, one day, I hope you have a daughter just like you. <laughs> and do you know, apparently, I kind of remember this. I ran to my room crying, saying, that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. Wow. But you know what? God gave me Chelsea. And she <laughs> she, she definitely was my payback child. And what did, what did your mom say anything about that? Did your mom, like... Well, she yeah, she knew. Chelsea was always just a very self... So standing up for self-opinion, I wanted to have a strong female. And sometimes I think I went a little bit overboard on it. <laughs> but as I've said, I think it was in another podcast. She's a mother of three boys now. So she has her work cut out for her. But uh, but yeah, my mom said that. I hope you have a girl just like you someday. And I cried. <laughs> <laughs> so Wow. Yeah, it's all it's all good. I just want parents to know, hang in there. But let me tell you, they're going to give you some gray hair. Right. We gave our parents gray hair. Or like you, Mr. Brown, maybe no hair, huh? Hey, all my hair's gone. But it wasn't, <laughs> I can't blame my kids. I just shave it off. So, hey, so is there something wrong with my teen or with my kid? I don't know. But um, stick in there and, and grow with them, um, parent them. And I think communicate with them is most important. They're going to go through phases. Understand they're going to go through phases. Seasons have reasons, right? Everybody's going to go through different seasons in life. Don't think something's wrong with them. They're, it's all a part of growth. But I would say stay connected with them. you got to stay connected. Everything we do in our lives makes us the person we are. And that's our mistakes as well. So you want to be there for them, but let them be who they are as well. 